Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? I don't know if any of the rest of you set up a little straighter in your chairs today with the opening words of Isaiah. They certainly touched a nerve for me. They took me right back to my childhood. And as a child raised in the deep south, it was a particular memory. That's because when I was growing up, if I was being asked to do something, I often needed to be told a few times. And I knew that I had missed something important when whoever was speaking to me would stop what they were doing and say, did you hear me? Still terrifies me a bit, actually. I can hear the slight inflection of my mom's voice. Did you hear me, she would say. That single, simple question always had the ability to stop me in my tracks and send my brain racing, just trying to think through to figure out what it was that I might have overlooked. I wonder whose voice you heard in your own mind today. I imagine the Israelites must have felt something similar when Isaiah was speaking. See, they were tired. They were wandering. They were returning to a home that was largely destroyed. They were filled with questions and maybe even doubts about this new promise they had been told. What must have felt like mere words falling flat on their weary hearts after all they had experienced. This is something that I think we all recognize in our own heart. The feeling of isolation and despair that can creep into our days. The moment when hope feels most distant for us. And for many, this becomes a dwelling place of sorts, where we can become convinced that our circumstances could never improve in light of the realities of our time and the limitations of our resources, that it might actually be impossible from this place to rebuild our world. And then there's Isaiah, who this week I could only hear in the voice of my mom, "'Have you not heard?' Isaiah says." Sometimes we need that voice in our life. I needed that voice this week. In a world where busyness has been elevated to an art form, Isaiah's word became a needed invitation, beckoning me to pause, to look and listen for that detail that is easily overlooked, to rise above the fog of my everyday and hear my soul speak what it has always known, despite the immediate worries of my life. To recognize that despite all the destruction and misuses of authority we encounter in our daily life, that our God is still creating, bringing princes to naught and making the rulers of the earth is nothing. That even in the midst of what feels most hopeless to me, our God is everlasting, giving power to the weary and strengthening the powerless. This is the truth at the very foundation of our creation, and that truth is dangerous. It's dangerous because it stands in opposition to the power and scarcity that govern our life. It stands in opposition to the voices that tell us that there are some things that are too hard for us to solve, that there are divisions too deep to address, conversations too difficult to have, that we must accept everything we see and everything we hear because this is the best that we can do in this moment. I think this is why our tradition often introduces voices like Isaiah's, voices that pull us back to what we have known from the beginning, that our gospel is free of charge. 
Did you hear that today? That our gospel is a message of intimacy and love more powerful than the scarcity and despair that often captures our collective attention and governance. And it is just as close as an outstretched hand, a gentle touch that we saw in our gospel reading today. And that is where we find our hope. Paul knew something about this power as he responded to God's call to share the gospel and encouraged other followers by saying, For though I am free with respect to all, I have bound myself to all so that I might win more of them. To Jews I became like a Jew. To those under the law I became like one under the law. To those outside the law like one outside the law. To the weak I became like one who is weak. Now to some... Paul's words today might feel somewhat icky, or at the very least, potentially inauthentic. I also recognize that they can be especially challenging to contemplate for folks who have been harmed by the church in any way along their journey. And it's easy enough to receive these words today and assume that Paul is instructing us as followers to pretend to be all things to all people at all times to do whatever it takes to bring them into our community and assimilate them. But I don't think that's what Paul was imagining at all. Perhaps that's why we are asked to ponder these words again today. So look again at that epistle. Who is it that Paul is speaking to? In his context, Paul is not speaking to folks walking in lockstep with the Greco-Roman society. After all, he didn't say, to a centurion, I became like a centurion. No, he consciously sheds the dominant imperial values of his time so that he can enter into a sacred likeness with the members of his society that are outcast, humiliated, and targeted for oppression. He takes on that likeness even though it puts him in danger with them, even though he is a Roman citizen with power and rights that would allow him to avoid this danger for himself if he wanted. This is where Paul identifies God's call to serve, and he asks us to take a closer look with him today, to see what God sees, to act as God would act, because it isn't easy, because it's what the world needs to heal. I wonder what would happen if we entered into more of these challenging places in our own life and in community. If we waited with God there, knowing that our call to love and serve will demand our all, and trusting that God will renew our strength for the journey ahead. I wonder how that kind of willingness might transform the very challenges of our society, the hardest ones, helping us to see, to see more than growing poverty and food insecurity, but our siblings crying out, praying for assistance in a world of plenty. More than uncontrolled immigrants and refugees at a border, but instead our neighbors fleeing for their safety praying for a peace that we take for granted. More than rowdy and vocal demonstrators, but our neighbors who are discriminated against are outcast, fighting to live their life as freely as everyone else. More than an uncontrolled opioid epidemic, but our friends living with addiction, yearning to be free. 
I wonder what would happen if we became more like these people today. I wonder what would happen if we decided to become more like the most targeted people in our communities, to see all of them as siblings and to know them as wanting the same things that we want for ourselves and our families, to risk our very safety and comfort, to ensure that they have access to the same, to bind ourselves to them and act to build a more just society so that we can all be free. What might change in our world if that is what we felt we were called to today? Lift up your eyes and see. Have you not known? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth?